Hello all, and welcome to the All for the Gluten-Free Good podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hopper, sharing with you how I'm finding peace and joy in this gluten-free journey. Episode 2, I've Been Glutened. Welcome, welcome, everybody. I am so glad to have you all back for episode two. Um, I want to share with you guys a little bit today about this word glutened and what it means to be glutened. So to be honest with you, um, I had no idea that that was even a way that you could use that word until I was diagnosed with a gluten intolerance. Um, And I think, you know, it was, I, I encountered that word over a lot of internet research and really trying to understand what other people were dealing with um, when they were dealing with their gluten intolerances um, and what was common and how they were coping so that I could better learn how to cope myself with what I was dealing with. Um, So along that journey of kind of figuring out what everybody else was doing, I picked up this term, glutened. Now in the gluten-free community, being glutened means that you have accidentally ingested gluten. Um, So if you're like most people and myself at the time, you're probably wondering, how on earth do you accidentally ingest something? Well, we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, first we're going to talk about what happens when someone has been glutened. So first I want to answer a question that I think I've gotten a couple different times and I think pretty much everybody who deals with a gluten intolerance or celiac disease has probably encountered as well. Um, people often ask me, you know, have you ever, have you ever been like, okay, I miss a donut so much. I just have to have a donut. Have you ever gone back and eaten gluten intentionally? And my answer to that would be no. (laughs) Um, after you deal with the, the pain and everything that comes with that, uh, there's really no going back. Um, So in my experience, most people don't intentionally ingest gluten if they have a gluten intolerance or celiac disease. So the only way that I'm going to get quote unquote glutened is if I accidentally ingest it. Now, when someone has been glutened, their body will most likely have a negative autoimmune response. And of course, we're assuming that people who get glutened are only going to be people who have that negative autoimmune response or whose bodies don't tolerate gluten. Um, And that's who we're talking about here. Now, this can be really painful, and it could include anything from like inflammation and migraines to joint pain and severe stomach pain, uh, painful digestion. There's like a whole slew of symptoms. Um, So the autoimmune system reacts because of the damage that the gluten does to the gut. Um, and when that damage occurs, it is as though everything breaks down in the body and just stops working. So I've even known people to say that they, um, they end up catching a cold because they have, their, their immune system is sensitive to what's going on around them because it's not doing what it usually does because it was compromised, um, by eating gluten. Um, I know for me, some of my symptoms can vary. Um, but for the most part, they're fairly consistent. So I'm actually going to walk you through 
what my healing process is after I have accidentally ingested gluten and what it looks like for me to get back to what I would consider normal and healthy and well. So if I ingest gluten, uh, usually within an hour, I get a migraine. And it's not, I don't usually get migraines. I'm pretty blessed in that. I, I don't struggle with migraines. I don't even really get headaches all that often unless I forget to drink enough water. So usually I know if I get a migraine, it's because I have been glutened and because I've ingested gluten. So after that, that's usually the red flag. Um, and I can usually figure out what, what my last meal was and what, what would have caused it. Um, so within an hour of consuming gluten, I get a splitting, very painful migraine. Uh, within two to three hours, I am usually, sorry, TMI, usually bound to a bathroom um, in some way, shape, or form. Um, and then there's a lot of severe pain as the gluten moves through my gut. Um, and at that point, any plans I had for about the next 12 to 48 hours is pretty much shot. Um, it's, it's done for, <laughs> I just, I just need to, at that point, I know that it's, it's bad and I need to take time to heal. Um, so it's, it's very, um, very frustrating. Now, usually about the next day, that's when I start to experience all the joint inflammation. So my hands, my feet, my hips, my knees, my back, everything hurts. And it feels as though somebody has inflated little balloons in all of my joints and like I can't even move them. I have to do like stretches in the morning just to get things warmed up and going. Um, and that can last for anywhere from two weeks to three months for me. And it really just depends on, um, I think, what I've eaten and how I've been taking care of myself. I really think that if I'm in a habit of eating a lot more nutritious food that my body does better at getting healing faster. Um, but yeah. So also in regards to the inflammation side note, if you struggle with inflammation, my favorite home remedy is a little cup, like no more than a half a cup of, um, blueberries and walnuts. Super great home remedy for inflammation. Um, the blueberries have a lot of like antioxidants. They're really good for your body. And the Walmarts ha walnuts have a lot of, um, really healthy fats in them and it just does wonders and it's delicious too it really reminds me of like a blueberry cobbler um, but obviously a lot less effort so really delicious try that out if you haven't or if you struggle with inflammation so yummy so good okay so back to what we were talking about <laughs> so all of that having been said it is pretty safe to say that even a small amount of gluten can be really debilitating. And I think as somebody who's kind of gone through this whole process, I think if you're the family member of somebody who has a gluten intolerance or celiac disease, um, it's most people struggle to really let people in. I know I did. Um, you know, I, I never really wanted to tell people how painful it was and how much I was going through because I didn't want to complain. And I don't like focusing on the negative. I'm a very optimistic person. Um, and so, but what I didn't, what I failed to realize was in the moment that it was not helping them and it was not helping me. Um, for me to not be upfront honest with them, a lot of the people in my life 
um, didn't realize how serious what I was going through was and how important it was that I stuck to this diet for my, my own health and wellness. Um, so I would encourage you, um, if you're a family member of somebody who is um, gluten-free uh, for a gluten intolerance or for celiac disease, I would encourage you um, to support them. Um, and if you are somebody who has a gluten intolerance or celiac disease, if you haven't opened up to the people around you, I really encourage you to do that um, and to just have an open and honest conversation with them about your symptoms um, because there's no way for them to know how to help or if they can help or how to support you um, if they don't really know what's going on. Now, back to my earlier question. I know a lot of you are probably still wondering, now, how do you accidentally ingest gluten? Um, <laughs> I know I think that was um, an, a question I really spent quite a great deal of time answering for my family when this first happened. Um, and when I was first diagnosed, they were very confused <laughs> that there were things that like weren't bread or whatever, weren't bread and like noodles that could actually have gluten in them. Um, so friends, let's break it down and let's talk about some places that gluten hides. So gluten specifically, uh, you could accidentally have gluten in your vitamins and other medicines. Um, in my experience, I've found that this is not super common, but I'm not about to take a chance by not checking. So I always check my vitamins and medication to make sure that they do not contain gluten. Um, you can find gluten in ice cream and not even just, um, you may be thinking, oh yeah, well, you know, if you go get the cookie dough, like, yeah, there's probably going to be gluten in that, but not even that, um, I, it's very difficult for me to find gluten-free ice cream. Um, most ice creams do not label. Um, so usually I have to go to the health food section to get something that I feel safe and secure eating. Um, also a lot of places, um, cross-contaminate, which we'll get into later. Another thing, another place that you might find gluten, and it's actually very, very common, is deli meats. For whatever reason, gluten is all over deli meats. I don't know why that is, um, but that's a really big one. You gotta, gotta check your deli meats. Um, soy sauce actually contains gluten. If you are like me and you like your sushi, um, I carry a bottle of soy sauce in my purse when we go <laughs> because I can't have the soy sauce at the restaurant. So I have my little gluten-free soy sauce in my bag. Now, soy sauce does not necessarily itself contain gluten, but it's cross-contaminated. Um, another place you might want to check is rice cereals. Now, nowadays, this isn't as much of an issue, and every year that goes by, it gets better and better and better, and we have more and more options and better labeling, which is huge. But there are still quite a few rice-based cereals out there. For instance, Frosted Flakes. I don't know if Frosted Flakes, I know they, they're not officially labeled as gluten-free, but they're a rice-based cereal. And if you look at their ingredients, it does not say that they contain gluten, um, but it doesn't say that they don't. Um, I've never been glutened by rice cereals, but that's probably because I'm a big scaredy cat and like to play it safe. Um, so, but that, you've always got to check that one. And really, when it comes to cereals, thinking about 
not just the cereal itself, but what is on the cereal and what kind of flavorings and seasonings are they putting on that that could contain gluten. Now here's a big one. You may encounter gluten in a label change. So maybe you found a product that you really, really love and it's, you know, in, in the regular shelves, it's not in the specific gluten-free section, you know, um, and then they change, you know, they change the label and now it's not gluten-free or now it's not clearly labeled what's going on. Again, you've got to, got to check that label. Um, I check, <laughs> I buy the same cereal almost every week and I still check the label every single week because it's, it's worth it. It's worth those five seconds of my time. Um, also side note, wheat free is not gluten free. It is not the same thing. Um, so there are times when you could get something that is wheat free as in it does not contain wheat that may still contain gluten. Um, so be careful of that. Also, you can find gluten in flavored coffee, in soup, in chicken bouillon cubes, in salad dressings, in sauces, in a variety of candies, in beer, obviously, because wheat, right? But you can also find it in some liquor. Um, think more like the nicer, higher end, uh, well, not necessarily higher end, but like fancy liqueurs, like... Um, Anything you would use to make a frilly drink, basically. You you really, you got to check your labels. You got to know what's good and what's not and be 100% for sure. Um, if you're keeping it simple, like tequila, <laughs> tequila is for sure gluten-free. And that's kind of a whole, nother, a whole nother thing. But usually, like, specifically hard liquors are good, usually, but always double check. Um, my favorite, I absolutely love Red's Apple Ale and I love um, Angry Orchard. Um, hard ciders for me really does the trick. I love that they're not super expensive and that um, it's just something I can grab on the go. It's really easy. Like if I'm out at a bar or something, super easy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of issues um, when it comes to liquor and beer. So here's the other things. Um, lip glosses and nail polishes and things like that. A lot of people don't think about their makeup being an issue or even if you're a male, your girlfriend's makeup or your wife's makeup being an issue um, with getting glutened. But if you put something on your lips, like your lip gloss, um, that and, and obviously that's going to go into your mouth at some point. Um, you could be getting glutened by that. And it's very, very important that you use gluten-free products. Um, there are lots of good gluten-free products. If you're really unsure and you just don't know, um, do some research. And my recommendation for a store to start at would be if you have an Ulta in your area, uh, the Ulta makeup stores are fantastic and they have quite a few different options of different brands that carry gluten-free makeup lines. So that should be helpful. Another thing to keep in mind would be nail polishes. Yeah, I know we don't always like to admit that maybe we bite our nails, but if it happens, and if you know that about yourself, make sure that your nail polish is gluten-free because if you're gonna put it in your mouth, it could make you sick. Now, you may have noticed that earlier I said that um, there's an issue with cross-contamination. So cross-contamination happens when your food itself is actually gluten-free, like, for instance, french fries. But somebody puts it in a, like, for instance, a fryer that is contained 
not like non-gluten, like gluteny things. So if somebody fries chicken nuggets at McDonald's in the fryer and then they dump them out and put some french fries in there, uh, those french fries are no longer gluten-free because they could have and probably do have little pieces of um, batter and gluten on them. Um, and that, that can become an issue. Everything from like french fries to thinking about salad bars. I mean, how often at a salad bar um, have you seen people like reaching across with their tongs and everything's cross-contaminated? Um, and then like condiments even. So when I go to my parents' house and they don't eat gluten-free because they don't need to, um, I don't use their mayonnaise because they've used a knife to get the mayonnaise out of the jar and then spread it onto their bread and then probably put the knife back in the jar. And that has contaminated their mayonnaise. Um, also, the last one I want you to think about is your toaster. Oh my gosh, so frustrating to have to go and get a new toaster, but we did. Whenever I went gluten-free, we went and got a new toaster, and um, it really put me at ease. I was never glutened by my toaster, but I had heard stories that people could be, and um, again, it just wasn't worth the risk. Um, I would have just as well rather paid for the new toaster. So, um, so the moral of the story is always read your labels, always read your labels. You are your biggest protection against glutening and being glutened. So you have to have to read those labels, do your research, be that person, annoy your server. Don't be afraid to be that guy who, you know, has to say, um, I can't eat this because you, you put, you know, onion rings on my plate with my sandwich and now I can't eat this because I can't eat the onion rings and the onion rings have touched my sandwich. I hate being that guy. I was a server for six years. I hate being that person. Um, but I have to consider my health first. Um, so love yourselves, love yourselves enough to prioritize your health and always read your labels, please and thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know if you have any questions and head on over to my Instagram because this next week I'm going to be recording a podcast about how to vacation gluten-free because I myself will be on vacation in the Ozarks and I will be posting all kinds of delicious dinners and yummy foods that I will be eating throughout vacation and sharing all of that with you guys. Also, some of my favorite restaurants and all of their gluten-free goodies at the Ozarks. So definitely go over to my Instagram at Elizabeth Hopper and check that out. I'll hope to hear from you guys soon. Have a wonderful week. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Hopper for some of my favorite recipes and resources. Head on over to all-for-the-good.com and subscribe for five essential gluten-free baking recipes, including my no-flour peanut butter cookies. These are super, super good and so easy. Wishing you the best and to be blessed. Bye, y'all.